Monkeys Out on the Town, as told to Baynard Kendrick, condensed from They Never Talk Back by Henry Treflick. Downtown New York can be a crazy place, but not usually this crazy. About 10.15 on Saturday morning, May 11, 1946, lights began to flash and telephones to jangle at the old Slip police station in New York City. A moment later came the riot call. Nearby Fulton, Vasey and Church Streets were jammed with people. Downtown New York was being taken over by monkeys. At 9.45 that morning, Gus Hildebrand, an employee in my pet shop at 215 Fulton Street, had noted a monkey entangled in the wire mesh of his cage. Gus opened the door of the cage and untangled the little fellow, who promptly raced out. Before Gus could make a move, 19 other monkeys, gibbering with glee, followed the leader. The monkeys held a quick consultation and apparently decided that it would be unfair to leave their fellow primates behind bars. In an instant, they had opened the other four cages and 80 more monkeys poured into the room. Then, while Gus was frantically trying to trap some of them, one bright little fellow opened the door of the room and discovered, there in the hallway, a ladder leading to an open skylight. Immediately, the 99 other monkeys followed him up the ladder to the roof. And to freedom. Chester Gordon, employee of a Vasey Street grocery store, was in the third-floor storeroom showing a customer a new stock of coffee when a cloud of 40 monkeys entered noisily through an open window behind him. Mr Gordon turned his attention to the half of the visitors who were opening sacks of coffee and aromatic spices. The customer made his way to the ground floor, accompanied by the other half, non-coffee drinkers, who meant to investigate the bananas in the fruit department. Though a little green, the bananas proved edible, and since clerks and customers had obligingly left, everything was quite convivial until some dogs tried to chisel in. These strays were greeted by a barrage of banana skins, pop bottles and cans. The dogs beat a strategic retreat. Exhibiting remarkable presence of mind, Mr Gordon slammed the upstairs window shut, then dashed downstairs and shut all the other windows and doors. Twenty minutes later, the 40 monkeys, netted by SPCA agents, and Mr Gordon were removed from the store, alive and unharmed. Everything was quiet at the three-storey firehouse on Fulton Street. A handball game was underway on the roof, and on the second floor, two firemen were engaged in a game of checkers. It's your move, one player said impatiently. Why are you sitting there staring at the wall? The other man shook his head as if to clear his brain. Five monkeys just slid down the pole, he said. One was holding a handball. Everything broke loose at once. Two irate firemen burst into the room yelling, Who stole our handball? Just then, all the showers in the adjoining locker room were turned on full force. The locker room door flew open and five more monkeys ran gleefully to the shiny brass pole and disappeared to the floor below. A fireman dashed into the locker room and gazed in stunned disbelief at ten monkeys taking showers. For 35 minutes, every member of the fire company chased monkeys over and under the hook and ladder truck, up the stairs and down the brass pole. Then the gong sounded. When the hook and ladder started to roll, ten monkeys were left taking showers while the other ten clung to the truck. It was a call from down the street where a ladder was needed to get some monkeys off a building. But when the truck rolled to a stop, a cop took one look and shook his head. It ain't possible, he said. They're bringing more. 
the Trinity Church choirmaster was starting a practice session in the Fulton Street Mission House. When he got the choir boys quieted down, he struck his tuning fork, gave the beat, and then one of the boys giggled. I'm sorry, sir, the giggler said, but there's a monkey on the piano. Another just came in the window. A moment later, there were four boys on top of the piano, but now the monkey was hanging from a chandelier. The second monkey was swinging gaily from a curtain rod. The choir master calmly closed the window. He had been dealing with choir boys for years. What were a couple of monkeys? With military precision, he broke the choir up into squads of four, arming each squad with a slipcover stripped from a chair. The monkeys proved no match for the boys. The two were bagged in seven minutes flat and deposited in the corner to wait for their owner. A barrel-chested longshoreman, Pete by name, was just winding up a three-week binge. That Saturday morning, he drifted into the White Rose Tavern on Fulton Street, ordered a drink and looked around. He reached for his drink. It wasn't there. Pete grinned sheepishly and pretended he'd been reaching for a cigarette. He wasn't going to tell the bartender that a half-dozen monkeys had just come along and one of them had drunk his whiskey and thrown the glass in the back of the bar. But then he saw the bartender had hold of a monkey who was trying to get out through the ventilating fan. Pete turned to the customer next to him. The customer wasn't there. Suddenly, Pete felt sick. The bar was deserted except for himself and the barkeep. But no, it wasn't deserted. That was the trouble. Pete had heard about pink elephants. But monkeys? There were three, no four, running around in front of the mirror sampling bottles. And when Pete looked in back of him, there were a lot of others hopping from table to table, eating pretzels. Pete reached out to snatch a drink a customer had left, but a monkey beat him to it. That did it. A few minutes later, a patrolman at the Old Slip Police Station answered a phone call. This is the bartender at the White Rose Tavern, a voice said. You'd better send the booby hatch wagon and four men and a jacket. There's a guy sitting here screaming, There are no monkeys in here! There are no monkeys in here! Oh, DTs, the officer said. No, not that, the bartender said. He's crazy. The damn place is full of them. It was three months before all the monkeys were rounded up. One elusive little female, hungry and frightened, retreated into the sanctuary of the drums and cables that operate the elevator in Callanan's grocery store. A newsman photographed her there, squatting on the cable drum. The picture appeared on the front page of the New York Daily Mirror the next morning, captioned, We've been waiting years to use this gag. A monkey wench in the works. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au. Brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.